Welcome everyone to episode four of Campus Pep Talk by IBA. September marks Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, so this episode will focus on pediatric cancer treatment and the many ways proton therapy can benefit children. I'm also delighted to share with you that our guest this episode joins us from Massachusetts General Hospital, the first center in North America to have an IBA system, and they're celebrating their 20-year anniversary with Proton this year. I think the pediatric population is the number one indication for proton radiotherapy. Because the stakes and the side effects are so high in the pediatric population because of the potential stunting of growth and further development, that protons really make the biggest impact in the pediatric population. Now I would like to introduce our guest, Dr. Torin Yak, the professor of radiation oncology at Harvard Medical School in Massachusetts General Hospital. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be with you today. Dr. Torin Yak is the primary investigator of the Pediatric Proton-Photon Consortium Registry, a member of the NCI's Childhood Cancer Data Initiative Cohort Working Group, and a professor at Harvard Medical. Her clinical practice is comprised of many pediatric patients, and her academic efforts have centered on evaluating the health outcomes in pediatric cancer survivors. Dr. Yak is the principal investigator of multiple pediatric protocols, and she holds a grant and contract funding from a variety of sources, including the NCI. She also participates in collaborative research with the Children's Oncology Group and is leading an NCI MGH-sponsored multi-institutional registry enrolling patients treated with radiotherapy. She has also authored over 150 articles and chapters and is an active member of ASTRO. So Dr. Yak, first off, congratulations to you and your team at MGH on celebrating such an impressive milestone, 20 years of treating with proton therapy. I imagine that's a significant number of patients who have been treated and many of your patients are children, correct? That is correct. And thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be able to use proton radiotherapy for the last 20 years. And we've treated over 1,700 pediatric patients at our Francis H. Burr Proton Therapy Center. And before that, at the Harvard Cyclotron, we had treated a number, another 366. So we really um, have a vast experience in the pediatric population. That's fantastic. And could you tell us what is unique about treating children with cancer versus adults? So, Treating children is unique because they have different um, tumors than the adults have. And there's a lot more at stake when treating a child. The cure rates are much higher, which is wonderful, but the side effect profile is also much higher too. So it's really critical that you spare as much normal tissue as possible because um, these kids are likely to be cured and they're likely to live with the side effects of treatment. But on the other side of it, it, it is um, a very trying time for families and uh, emotional for both the child and the parents. And it is a relationship that we end up caring for the entire family and bringing them through this process. And, um, um, and it is a wonderful honor um, and privilege to be able to do so. Fascinatingly, a lot of the families have to travel for their treatments. And when they come back, they look back favorably on the experience that they've had with us. 
Can you explain the benefits of proton therapy for pediatric treatment? For example, how is the treatment with proton different than traditional radiation or photon treatment? With proton radiation, we are able to better target the dose to the tumor bed and uh, spare more normal tissues. And this is usually by a factor of two or three. And this is critically important in the pediatric population because they are at much higher risk for late side effects of treatment because of the stunting of growth and development. And so for pediatric brain tumor patients, this would um, um, this manifests itself as neurocognitive um, deficits or um, he hearing troubles um, and, and other issues. And so the more normal brain you can spare, the better their, their outcomes. So it sounds like it really is more beneficial um, to do something that is extremely targeted because it really helps prevent further developmental damages that may occur. Absolutely. And because in the pediatric population, we're lucky in that we cure more patients with cancers, we are also more likely to see the late side effects of our cancer treatments. So not just curing the patient is critical, but actually the other health health outcomes are critical. And protons have been an enormous help in reducing those adverse side effects of treatment. And then the other important thing about um, pediatric tumors is that so many of them are curable. The most common pediatric tumors are brain tumors. That's about 60% of what we treat as radiation oncologists. But there's other tumors that are outside of the brain that also benefit as well like the curable tumors like neuroblastoma or sarcomas. And we can have a real benefit with using protons um, to really place the dose in the tumor or tumor bed and then spare the normal surrounding critical structures. Like neuroblastoma occurs in the abdomen and they're typically very close to the kidneys which can tolerate very little radiation dose. And it's much easier to get a, a sufficient dose in and spare the kidneys with proton radiation compared to photon radiation. I think the pediatric population is the number one indication for proton radiotherapy. I do think proton radiotherapy is very helpful for many other adult tumors as well, but because the stakes and the side effects are so high in the pediatric population because of the potential stunting of growth and further development, that protons really make the biggest impact in the pediatric population. And how do you actually determine who is considered a pediatric patient? Is that um, once they hit a certain age, they're no longer pediatric or who makes that decision? So that's a great question. So in our hospital, we define any patient as pediatric as 21 and under, although different hospitals define them different ways. But there are certain tumors that occur pretty much in the pediatric population, but they can also occur in sort of the young adult population. For example, medulloblastoma is a common pediatric brain tumor. And if a patient say 23 or 24, of course, we on the pediatric service would treat them because that's one of our expertise um, disease sites. And so it's a little bit of a um, uh, you know, a spectrum of ages that we will treat, but technically we think of them as pediatric if they're 21 and under. Great, that's excellent. And Dr. Yak, what is your goal for the future of pediatric treatment? Well, the goal for the future of pediatric treatment is really to continue to push the field forward and improve 
both the disease outcomes, but also the other health outcomes for these patients. And that means decreasing late effects. Um, this is not that different than the goals in the adult population, but I think in the adult population, they're still focused more on improving um, the, the cure rates than they are the late effects because we do a better job of curing the patients in the pediatric cohorts. Um, but this type of thing requires that we examine our patient experiences and learn from every one of them. And for that reason, we have developed something called the Pediatric Radiation Registry. Its formal name is the Pediatric Proton and Photon Consortium Registry. Over 21 sites are participating. We have one uh, participating from Australia and a three from Canada that are poised to join as well. And we are collectively uh, gathering information about their diagnosis, the biological factors, the radiation plan, and and then how they do during treatment as well as how they do after treatment, not just disease control, but also what side effects they have. And we'll examine this and figure out how best we can treat these patients in the future. Also importantly, we don't treat radiation, pediatric radiation patients in a vacuum. We usually treat them in conjunction with um, pediatric oncologists that deliver their chemotherapy or immunotherapy and with the surgeons. And so we will uh, also gather this information. And by doing so, and with practice pattern differences, we're able to examine how we should sequence the radiation with the chemotherapy, which drugs work better, um, what happens with a gross total resection versus a subtotal resection. Um, it's really a powerful database that we can um, examine and learn from. And we now have a critical mass of patients in the database of 2,700. And that's uh, just large numbers like you would find in cooperative groups of some of the key diseases like ependymoma, medulloblastoma, and rhabdomyosarcoma. So this is a tremendous resource uh, um, that, that we can use in the future to, to help push the field forward. And it's garnered so much attention that we've now partnered with uh, the National Cancer Institute and a variety of um, cohort studies that they're interested in performing. Um, and uh, we are also uh, talking with other actually international partners to um, see if they can either join us or if their privacy laws don't allow it, then we are sharing our platform so they can do collect data in a similar way and um, examine their patient populations as well. And we can all learn from um, what we've done and how to do better in the future. My last question for you is, today there are 38 PT centers in the US. So 10 years, how many proton therapy centers do you think there will be? And would that mean that all children in the US who are eligible could be treated with PT? That's a great question. I think it partially depends on how the economy does, but I'm really hopeful that we'll be uh, topping over 50 proton centers in the United States. So it would be great to have them spread out geographically so that most people can access them easily. The important thing to remember with pediatric cancer patients though, is that it's 1% of cancer and, the, and it's a relatively rare it's a, it's a rare disease. And therefore you really wanna to go to centers that know how to treat the whole patient and know how to treat P 
pediatric cancers. And so while there may be a proton center that doesn't see that many pediatric patients, they might be better cared for at a center that regularly sees the pediatric patients and can deliver all the appropriate chemotherapy, surgery, and radiation, because it's really usually done in a multidisciplinary fashion. And Dr. Yak, thank you so much for joining us today. And congratulations again on MGH's 20-year celebration and for helping us bring additional awareness to childhood cancer. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for developing this technology so we have such a powerful tool that is so helpful in our kids. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you're not already doing so, please subscribe and follow us at Campus Pep Talk on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Music, or Google Podcasts. We'll see you on the next episode.